I hope you're able to luxuriate and tap into some passionate and maybe a little bit feminine vibes this coming up Monday, which is the full moon in sidereal Taurus happening on Monday, November 27th at around 4.16 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So sometime over Sunday night into Monday morning, depending on your time zone, where in the world you are, anytime on Sunday or Monday would be a great time to do your full moon practice, which this episode is going to serve you creating yoga practices and journal prompts for the upcoming full moon, because that's what a Yogi Scope is. You're listening to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'd like to extend you a warm welcome. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a Vedic sidereal astrologer and a yoga teacher. So what I do is pair Vedic astrology with yoga as a therapeutic tool. I'm almost through my yoga therapy training. I'm just seeing clients now to get the documentation I need to get the official certification and call myself a yoga therapist. But I have found Vedic astrology to be a profoundly therapeutic tool in my life. So that's what Yogi Scopes is all about is helping you learn to tailor your yoga practice and your spiritual practice, your embodiment practice to the changing tides of the cosmos and the seasons, you know, according to Ayurveda and Vedic astrology. So that's what we're doing here. And this is your yogi scope for the full moon in sidereal Taurus. So at the end, we'll get to some yoga practices and journal prompts to help you embody the energy and work with it in a positive way in your life. But for just a quick aside, we use the sidereal zodiac, which I guess for some folks is kind of new. Um, if you're on the internet paying attention to astrology, there's a lot of info about there, you know, out there. The Western system of astrology, or if you're in a Western country, what you might just know as astrology, is uses the trop tropical zodiac, which is just a little bit different. Um, it's about a sign off. Most of the time, there's occasion, like every once in a while, there will be overlap because it's not quite a full sign off. But the sidereal zodiac, importantly, is pretty close to astronomically accurate. If you want to know about the nuances of that, I have some resources for you. You can always go in the show notes underneath the podcast and find the article that says, what is Vedic astrology? It's just linked down there in the show notes in the resources section. Um, and you can read more about that. And there's a separate podcast episode linked in that article, in that blog post, um, where I actually sat down and talked with a physicist about the zodiacs and astrology and how it compares to astronomy. And I got to ask all the questions that you might be asking too. So I recommend reading that, giving it a listen. And so let's dive in. First of all, I want to say that the Yogi Scopes planner is released now. And this is a big deal because, so I've created the Yogi Scopes planner for three years now. Um, and it is now a physical book that you can order. The past few years, it has been just a PDF. And so I'll get into the full moon stuff in a moment. This is just really exciting. And I know this is probably the greatest resource I make that everybody tells me is their favorite. It helps them so much. And that was before it was a physical book with weekly pages. It was just monthly pages with the astrological dates and the themes. Like I would just give you a brief synopsis of what the themes of that month would be based on those transits. Um, and along with a section that's just the all the retrogrades of the year in one place, all the new and full moons of the year and what nakshatra they're happening in in one place, all the um, 
you know, just things you need to know when the eclipses are put all in one place and then sprinkled throughout in the monthly pages that you could hang up on your wall if you wanted to. But now this year I designed weekly pages so that you can actually use it as a planner. So that's the difference between a planner, in my opinion, and a calendar before it was kind of more of a calendar because there were some planning exercises, some intention setting exercises in there that we work through in our yearly planning event that kind of goes along with it, which this year will be on uh, Sunday, December 10th, but there's a potential, I'm waiting on feedback from the folks in the membership if they want to push it back because some folks might not have their planner in time for that. Um, so we might push it back tentatively. Um, I'll let you know for sure next week um, if we push the event back so that you can get your planner. But even if you're not in the membership, um, you can purchase a planner now to get shipped directly to you. Um, and it has weekly pages. It has, so not only does it have the every the journaling exercises in the front and all of the, you know, important dates kind of compiled for you in one place in the front, but then it also has monthly pages with just a regular calendar where you can like write what you might write in a planner. Like, I don't know, you have a vet appointment or like uh, a doctor's appointment or uh, your friend's birthday. I don't know. You can write whatever you want, work stuff. It's a, it's a planner. It's a calendar. And there's still those um, astrological dates. All the astrological dates are put in there for you along with some interpretation. And then the new addition this year is there's the same thing for weekly pages. There is, um, you can, there's the transits and the themes for each week. And then there's like, it's just a planner that you can use like as your daily planner. And um, so if you're in the membership currently, yours is already on the way. If you're not in the membership and you want to just get a planner, you can. I will have the link in the show notes. It'll just be yogiscopes.com slash 2024. That will take you, it'll redirect you to the um, print on demand service that I'm using, which is called Book Patch. So don't be alarmed. It's, it's going to redirect you to not a Yogiscopes website. It's not spam or anything. I'm using a website called the Book Patch and you can purchase it to get shipped directly to you from there. And then also, if you want to hold off a couple days, like if you just want to get your hands on it right now, um, you can. But if you want to hold off a couple days on Black Friday, I will be, which is it's Thanksgiving here in the U.S. this week, I will be with my family tomorrow, which is Thursday Thanksgiving here in the U.S. Um, but on Black Friday, which is this Friday, November 24th, I will be releasing a bundle deal where the first 10 people that sign up will get a physical copy of the planner that I will mail to you. And if you give me your birth details, I will fill in your chart and write some stuff down, um, just some quick notes for you specifically because I got a batch of planners mailed to me that I have possession of. And so 10 of them are for this deal um, where the first 10 people that sign up will get that in addition to a year, in addition to they'll get, you know, the planner and I'll write a little, some stuff for you in there. And then, um, our yearly planning event and then access to the quarterly solstice and equinox, um, check-ins that we do. And then also weekly sign by signs emailed to you that I've been, so that's the new, um, tier in the membership that I've been talking about. Um, the, you get the Black Friday bundle, you will get all of that and the Birth Chart Basics mini course. So it's a big bundle and it will go out to folks on my email list this Friday. So make sure you're on my email list before Friday, 
so that you get access to that deal if you want to be one of the first 10 to sign up to get um, all that extra support. But if you are not into the extra support, you don't want to come to any live events or um, get weekly sign-by-sign and support along the way, then you can just go to yogiscopes.com slash 2024 and go ahead and get the planner right now. So um, that was a big, big section for housekeeping announcements, probably bigger than I usually do. Um, so let's dive into the full moon. And I just want to say, of course, always before I really can dive into talking about whatever it is I'm talking about, which this time is the full moon, um, I like to give some greater astrological context of other things going on. And I will say that right now is almost Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And we have some indications right now that Thanksgiving is like, it's just a little weird. Like, I don't know. I was thinking that today before I recorded this, I am preparing to leave town to visit family for Thanksgiving and I have two small kids. So part of preparing to leave town when you work for home and ha- from home and have two small kids is like doing all the laundry and whatever. So while I was doing laundry to prepare to leave town this morning, I was thinking about the fact that Thanksgiving, it has this like extravagant vibe to it, but I don't know about y'all. Maybe it's just the past few years, but, um, it, it's never felt as quite extravagant as like December and the sort of December holidays do to me. And I was thinking about astrologically, the reason why for that is often in November, Venus will be in, um, Venus is in Virgo right now. Sometimes Venus will have moved on to her own sign of Libra by Thanksgiving. Actually, probably most of the time that's the case. But when Venus is in Virgo, Venus is debilitated in Virgo. And I bring this up because Venus is debilitated right now and will be at the time of the full moon. The full moon is happening in sidereal Taurus, which is ruled by Venus. So this matters. Stick with me here. Um, Venus is debilitated in Virgo, which sounds bad, sounds scary. Um, and I talked about this more on the November Outlook episode too, that's in the Facebook group. Um, Venus is, Venus debilitated in Virgo is just, it's less abundant. So if this year isn't quite feeling like you can tap into that sense of abundance and gratitude just yet, I think this full moon will help, um, bring that because right after the full moon on November 29th is when Venus does move on to her own sign of Libra, which will just feel a lot more abundant. Um, a lot less Venus in Virgo is Venus has a lot to do with abundance. And so it can be challenging for relationships. So be on the lookout for that. Um, if you're spending time with your family this week, I recognize a lot of you are not in the U S but many of you are. So, um, Venus debilitated is just more of a pairing back because Virgo is a very um, uh, minimalist sign. So it's about pairing back, which when we look at the wheel of the year, which this is also on my mind because I just spent the last week creating the planner for next year. So I was in a very like big picture mode looking at what's happening. Um, I was like zooming in and zooming out, just getting all in the weeds and interpreting what next year is going to be like. And you can go ahead and get your hands on that in the planner if you want to. Um, But Venus is exalted in Pisces and Venus moves through Pisces in the spring, largely like March or April. Um, 
And Venus will be moving through Pisces, the sign of exaltation, during eclipse season next year because Rahu's in Pisces. So that'll be interesting. Um, and more on that later. And then when Venus moves through Virgo here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's like fall. It's heading into winter. So if you think about it in that sense, in that context, it's just, it's not a bad thing to be pairing back, to be not inviting new abundance. Um, it's just part of it, which is also kind of the vibe of a full moon. A full moon is a time to release, not really a time to um, call in a bunch of new things, if that makes sense. It's more a time to bring projects or endeavors sort of full circle and or release. If you can't bring it full circle, then maybe you release something that wasn't as aligned, if that makes sense. So that's sort of going on with this full moon and it just tracks Thanksgiving here in the U.S., which is interesting. But um, the full moon being ruled by Venus, Venus being debilitated until two days after the full moon is just, it's more of a time to shed um, layers, to get more into what is truly aligned, if that makes sense. So that's why I don't want you to think that it's a bad thing, that it's it's more like this is a period of shedding to make space for things that are more truly aligned and intentional for you. That's just the sort of cycle that we're in for those few reasons, like Venus being in Virgo, time for paring down, and this being a full moon and a Venus ruled sign. And then the other astrological thing happening that I wanted to point out as it relates to this full moon is that Mars will be very closely conjoined the sun in Scorpio at the time of the full moon. So that brings like, it just adds to the passion. So I don't want to, um, I'm, I always try to be like the positive one and not scare you, right? Because I feel like sometimes astrology can be scary um, or have, have this like foreboding vibe to it. And so it just amps up the passion. So I would just like watch your conversations at the dinner table if you're uh, if you are, I don't know, maybe you have a family like mine and, and a heated conversation is like fun for us. You know what I mean? Like, and it doesn't make us love each other any less. Um, but if there is something like that going on, watch out for like explosiveness in your relationships for the days leading up to the full moon, knowing that that might include Thanksgiving, right? And so I'll quit harping on about that because I know a lot of y'all are not in the U.S., but probably equally many, if not more of you are, um... And so Mars being close to the sun at the time of the full moon, I don't think it's a bad thing because Mars rules Scorpio, which is where the sun is. So this full moon is sort of happening on the Taurus-Scorpio axis. So just all of these energies sort of playing in together with what's going on in Taurus and Scorpio and with the ruler of... Um, Scorpio, or sorry, ruler of Taurus, where the full moon is happening, being debilitated right now, all of that sort of plays in and factors in to mean that this is a time to shed and get down to the root of like, what is your truth? What are your values? So that you can show up after this full moon, especially as soon as Venus moves on into Libra, her own sign. Um, you can start to create that harmony and resonance in your life and invite in more abundance in relationships and in life, just knowing that you have done so in a way that is 
you've gotten to the root, you've tapped into your emotions, you've tapped into your passion, right? So that's kind of the vibe at the full moon to uh, shed and release so that you can come out of it more aligned, if you will. Um, so let's talk about the nakshatra where this full moon is happening because it's a fun one. The nakshatra where the full moon is happening is Rohini. And so this would be a good time. I usually point out that nakshatras are lunar mansions, right? They're just more specific than signs. So if this is your first time hearing of nakshatras, this will be helpful. If it's not, it might also be helpful to revisit given that Rohini where this full moon is happening is, some might consider it the best nakshatra. Um, and this factors into the mythology of nakshatras, which I'll tell you about in a moment, but nakshatras are lunar mansions. They, the moon moves through a nakshatra about once a day. Okay. So the moon changes signs about every two, two and a half days. The moon will move through a lunar mansion about once a day. So the, in the mythology, nakshatras matter more for the moon. We will sometimes interpret other planets and, and how they're moving through nakshatras to get an extra layer of depth. But I always encourage people not to get too in the weeds there. Um, for a lot of the other planets, except for the very, very slow moving ones, just sticking to the signs is fine. But nakshatras, if you think about it, there are 12 signs. And the way astrology works is the signs go, everything is from our perspective on earth. So the degrees we're talking about are the 360 degrees around the earth and how the planets and signs move around the earth. Okay. And if there are 12 signs and we're dividing a pie, a circle, the 360 degree circle around the earth into 12 slices, we're going to have bigger slices, right? And if we're dividing it into 27, which is how many nakshatras there are, we're going to have smaller slices. So that's why nakshatras are just a little bit more specific. And that's the sort of math, I guess, or visualization behind why the move does, moon does move faster through them. Okay. And so there, I suspect that this astronomy of it is when people were sitting around passing down Vedic astrology, they were like, oh, the moon's passing that star, that section of stars today. And so that's how they kind of evolved. Whereas the sign, the moon will stay there longer. Um, and so nakshatras are just like sections of signs, kind of, if you will. And this one, the mythology is that they're all wives of Chandra. And if you want to read more about it, I have an article about that too on my website. It's also linked in the show notes, like what are nakshatras or something and how to use them. But Rohini was the first wife of Chandra of the moon. And so it's also the moon's exaltation point. And the moon stays here a little bit longer than the other nakshatras because the mythology goes that it was Chandra's first wife. So he loves her, Rohini, a little bit more than the rest of the wives, which is like kind of funny to me from a, I don't know, that's just whatever. I, the whole multiple wives thing. Um, anyway, it's, that's the mythology. Um, so Rohini is the moon's exaltation point. That's the mythology behind it. But if you think about it, Taurus being ruled by Venus um, and this nakshatra being ruled by the moon, it just factors in to bring a very feminine energy 
to this full moon. And so that's what um, I, I encourage you to think of this in the less gendered versions. When I That's why I'm like the, the multiple wives thing. It's just like weird to me. Like I feel like we're beyond that. Just like one man having a bunch of wives who are like subservient to him. Anyway, um, burn the patriarchy while we're at it. Um, so if you can think, get, get kind of beyond gender, uh, or beyond sex is what I mean. Thinking about the feminine as, uh, an expression, right? So what are some non, I guess, or you're just like expressions of femininity are those things of luxury and abundance and, um, receptivity, right? Like the moon, doesn't put out anything the moon just reflects just receives the the light of the sun and reflects and so that archetype is high right now can you receive and reflect right um and so the translation of rohini means reddish one or sometimes might be seen as growing one and so this just adds to the passion and abundance vibe here with this full moon. And so also, that's why I brought up the Mars and Scorpio thing. That's adding to the sort of uh, reddish vibe, if you will. It's just amping up passion. So that's what I, I'm hoping you like feel and take that as is um, that Mars being there is just amping up the passion. And hopefully you can harness that in a positive way, harness that um, passion more towards abundance and um, and creating warmth rather than um, fieriness in a bad way, if that makes sense. And so the symbol for this nakshatra is a chariot or an ox cart. And so ox carts were used to kind of like transport goods to and fro to market. So, um, really this full moon is, I don't know. I just like, this is the vibe of Thanksgiving and Black Friday, if that makes sense. That's why I was bringing it up. Like I was going to just not say anything about it because I know, um, not all of y'all are in the U S and so maybe you don't celebrate Thanksgiving and Fr Black Friday, but this whole idea of like being grateful and then being also materialistic at the same time, like that's kind of the vibe of a full moon in Rohini, if that makes sense, you know? So everybody's always kind of poking holes in that, um, ideology that we have here in the U S where we spend one day, we're supposed to be like thankful for everything we have. And then the next day is just this barrage of, um, buy more shit. Right. And those things seem kind of conflicting, but that's also, I mean, that's the feminine receptivity and abundance energy. Like the, the more, um, what is that saying? I, like I tell y'all, I'm the queen of butchering quotes. Um, there's like all these sayings out there that are to the effect of um, the more grateful you are, the more you feel like you have kind of thing. So that's that's kind of the vibe. The overall energies of this full moon are passionate, feminine, luxurious. Also, there is a big vibe around commerce, abundance and materialism. And that's OK. Like, I think that's fine. You know what I mean? There's also a big energy around um family values because that's Taurus as a sign kind of has to do with like what is your foundation in life and what kind of values did you get from your family your family of origin especially which is also like wrapped up in Thanksgiving if that makes sense you know um so your yoga practices for the full moon would be that I hope either on Sunday or Monday or sometime around 
then you get to do something really luxurious. What I would recommend if you want to make it like really a yoga practice is if you can find a restorative yoga with a sound bath. I know you can even find these things on like YouTube and whatever. If you're going to do it at home online, wear headphones so you get that stereo effect. But in person, even better if you can do just a restorative yoga with the sound bath is so full moon and Taurus vibes, if that makes sense, because you're kind of luxuriating in the moment. And it's also a very grounding practice. And the sound bath is just, if you never had one, I feel like sound baths are super luxurious personally. Another yoga practice you could do at this full moon is to work face yoga into your routine. Um, and then also art therapy. I know that's not really a yoga practice, but I still put it there. If you can do some kind of thing that taps into personal expression, art, like art for the sake of expressing yourself and letting some passion out into a creation rather than art for the sake of like making money. Actually, I just saw an article or something about this that that um, Andre 3000, I guess, has been in the news lately because he like put out some some music that he was like this is not for y'all like this is for me like I made this not to like cater to the crowds but because it was an expression of like that this is why I create that's the vibe of the full moon if you can tap into something like that if you can tap into creating just to create creating to express yourself creating to a, a cathartic creation to let out maybe some things that have been brought up by Scorpio season, that would be a really good thing to do on the full moon too. And so your journal prompts for the full moon are, one, what brings me the greatest sense of comfort and security and how can I invite more of it in my life? Or alternatively, since it is a full moon, what could you release that is getting in the way of your sense of comfort and security within yourself? And then number two, how can I channel creative energies during this period? And number three, how or have I been acting in alignment with my values or using someone else's roadmap as my North Star, especially your family? So that could be coming up if you've just been following what has been um, set forth in front of you as your family's values and maybe into adulthood, you just you've discovered that you might have some different values now might be the time to consider what could you release to be more aligned with your personal values. So write down what that might bring up for you. And then if you want to grab the planner, go to yogiscopes.com slash 2024 to be redirected to the, the link where you can purchase it from the book patches, which is the service that I use for the print on demand service or make sure you're on my email list sign up for my newsletter um before friday morning bright and early to get the black friday bundle which will include um a physical copy of the planner for the first 10 people that sign up the birth chart basics mini course the yearly planning workshop as well as quarterly check-ins and um weekly sign by signs sent to you by email and it will be much cheaper than the current membership price. You'll just have to sign up for my email list to see if you want. So please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.